enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome once again to the Temple of Geek Podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Aaron, and I'll be your host tonight as we discuss The Boys Season 2 and a little bit of The Boys comics and probably a lot of Boys Season 1. We're going to be talking about The Boys today. So so for this episode, i got to be specific. We're going to be talking about the first three episodes of Season 2 because that's all we got right now. Amazon didn't put the whole season out. Temple of Geek Podcast has been around since 2012. Here we discuss and celebrate fandoms of all things geek. And to our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. With me today, we got our special guest, good friend of mine. Uh, We got Nate from Temple of Geek, also known as Doc in the Box. What's going on, Nate? How you doing? Not bad. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Just just living, surviving and stuff. I got life events coming up soon. Um, I get married next week, so that's happening with me. Other than that, you know, just glad that it's starting to finally cool down outside and, you know, just enjoying what we're about to talk about in a few minutes. How you been? Doing pretty good. Looking forward to talking about the boys. As you said, this podcast is for the boys, but the ladies are welcome too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And it, it is kind of, it is kind of, we, we're going to get into some of the sexist stuff that goes on in this show, too, because they explore that oh, very deeply. They they really do. Like, they do a really good job addressing a lot of issues and stuff in this show. So and It's funny um, that you say they explore that deeply as far as, like, in reference to the deep, too. I ham-fisted the hell out of that. I, I wanted that to be <laughs> as punny as I possibly could make it. Uh, what's your familiarity with the boys? Like, I, I personally, I've been reading the comics since, like, uh, at least more than, like, 10 years. Because I started reading when I was in Arizona uh, some years ago. Um, Garth Ennis is one of my favorite writers. And it was just, it's, I'll, I'll get into how I got into it a little bit later. But I want to know how you got into the boys. I'll be honest. It was Amazon Prime. Um, I had, had a lot of uh, background in comics and so forth. But this is one that... Uh, just went by me. I honestly never knew about it until the boys came out and I didn't go end up going to read the comics because I have a bad habit of getting pull lists, buying a bunch of stuff, putting them in storage and never reading the comics. So I didn't want to add this one to that list. So I've just been enjoying the show pretty much. What's good about the boys, the comics is that it's pretty much over. So you can get like all the trades and stuff and not have to worry about having like a pull list or anything like that. You probably could get them all on sale like this week, too, since the show is back out again. So that's like good popular demand right now. So you might be able to get a couple uh, of the trades and stuff to get into it. That's actually how I got into it was it it was already a series. It was already ongoing. The first boy's story that I read, and and this, this will tell you exactly how old I was. I think I was in like my freshman year in college at Arizona State. So I had to have been like 18, 19, possibly even 20 in my second year. And the comic book store down the street from my campus was called Pop Culture Comics. It's still there. So shout out to them. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's still there. Pop Culture Paradise on University. So went there and they had the trades just sitting out on the table and stuff. And it was one. It didn't say the boys on it, but it's a boy's story. It was called Hero Gasm. 
And I was like, huh, hero gasm. Well, what's, what's that about? I'm an 18, 19 year old kid, you know, in college and stuff. I got some freedom in my life. So a comic called Hero Gasm just sounded absolutely, absolutely hilarious to me. And when you open it up, it's the most adult material possible. And I'm like, oh, I have an extra $20. I think I'm going to buy this and read this because this is the kind of person that I am at 18, 19. And then I read it and I'm like, oh, so this is like, further into the stories and now i gotta pick up all these other things and so i started reading the boys around the same time Shaun of the dead had come out and huey in the books looks exactly like simon pegg like the the artist specifically drew him to look like simon pegg so i'm like oh this is even funnier and simon pegg plays huey's father in the show so that that connected those dots and stuff and it was just one of those series that i was like oh okay it's what would happen if superheroes had powers and if superheroes existed of course superheroes have powers but if superheroes existed <laughs> and they just what would kind of happen what's a what's an alternative of what would happen you know which when you really stop and think about it if superheroes really existed we would have to worry about people just abusing the hell out of their powers and stuff so that's how we got the boys because who, who would police them exactly like who could who who would so and and that brings us in that's one of the things one of my gripes with the show itself is that they don't explore like in the comics themselves um i know you say you're not too familiar with it but in the comics uh the boys they're um uh cia backed and they actually take a I think it's a. I, I, it's been a while since I've read it, and it's been a while since I've like, like really like dove dove into the books themselves. I, I think it's a pill or maybe a serum itself that makes them durable, that makes them be able to take a punch from a superhero. It doesn't give them powers, but it just makes them strong enough to fight them head on. And I wish they would have put that in the series, you know, because they don't really fight hand to hand with them per se. But you know, you you can't. Home, Homelander will destroy everybody in the show if you give him the chance to, which we've seen several times in season one. But yeah, it's, it's for those who are watching the show and just are familiar with just the show, you don't need to read the comics to get the show at all. Those are two separate entities, which we will talk about later on in this episode as well. So, oh, so just going on that. Sorry, I actually wanted to to ask something about that. So you said in the the comics they take like a serum or a pill or whatnot, and it makes them yeah. durable. So, so they don't have like the superhero abilities like they have in in the show. It's more like just a bunch of Captain Americas running around. No, no, not j- just specifically the boys. Specifically, the boys they take a serum or a pill to take a punch from the supers. The supers actually oh. have the powers that you see. Gotcha. Okay, I see what you're saying now. So it's like, for those of y'all who don't read the boys, but you read DC comics, it's like in the Injustice series, uh, Batman had like a pill that he could take a punch from Superman and stuff. It's exactly like that. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's not like everybody's just a bunch of Captain Americas running around there. I think there is a character based off of Captain America because pretty much all the heroes in... I'm using the term hero very, very loosely. All the the super-powered beings in the boys are basically parodies, dark-ass parodies on, like, you know, Marvel and DC heroes. So you say you got into it during the... um, from from the Amazon Prime series, which is is an amazing series, by the way. Very well written, and I like that it's eight episodes and not like 12 or 20-something, because it gets to the point fast. Tell me some highlights from season one that you were into. 
from season one. Oh, shoot. It's been a while ago. I know. So just give give us give us just some little bitty things and stuff that got you into the show. What got you into the show? What made you want to keep watching? What got me into the show was the idea of soups going around and just kind of like the, the faults of them and trying to police them, expose like this negative side of it, things like that. And I just thought it was like kind of interesting, but it was also kind of depressing because a lot of it was like, wow, these people are really just, can we curse on this? I don't remember. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause they haven't told me we okay. can't. So <laughs> yeah, they're just fucked up. <laughs> yes. But specifically, like I started to do one thing I, I admit that they do with the show that I thought I was, I was cool with like, it's just the cringe factor. There's just so much cringe that they go through. And like in season one, you're just like, I don't know, like the, the, the part with the deep and starlight where he's like, I'm the guy in charge, you know, go down. And then like Homelander and um, I forget the, the woman in charge, her name. Stillwell. Yeah. When he's just like acting like a baby to her and yeah. the whole mother's milk not mother's milk the character but you know i'm talking about just right 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 (laughs) now check it out now now when i say that the comics are different from the book in some cases the comics are even darker than the show i've heard that actually not specifically why the scene with the deep and starlight there were three other heroes there like it was yeah, yeah, there were three. That, that was more of a gang activity than than just a one on one. You know? Ooh, wow. Yeah, it, it was. It gets it, it gets darker. Like the scene with uh, A Train and Robin, where we meet Huey. That that's that's directly from the books, and that's what brings Huey into the world. And yeah, it, like I said, it, there's some scenes in the show that come from the comics, and it's toned down from the comics. Just to give you an idea of how deep they go into, like, how fucked up these heroes are. And again, we're using yeah. heroes in quotes. Yeah, and I had heard that it was, like, worse, but I never read them, so I don't know specifically where the differentiation yeah. is. But, yeah, damn. Yeah, it was it was more than one person, though, and, and that happened. And a lot of it, it the parallels from that are is just, like, because they, the supers and, and the boys are treated like celebrities, so they have their in front of the camera face that they put on and then they have the people who they really are in the background like yeah. Queen Maeve who's supposed to be like the Wonder Woman of the series she's an alcoholic she's a closeted lesbian and stuff she can't reveal her, her relationships because Homelander kill everybody uh, Homelander is basically what Zack Snyder thinks Superman should be and he's just this psycho you know suit casually racist bigoted person you know and then you got the Flash, who's using steroids all the time to make himself make himself faster and just blow him. Th- He's so fast that he makes people explode when he runs through them. Which, you know, the filming on that scene, like it was a horrible scene to watch, but the filming of it was beautiful. Like, I can say that. <laughs> but, uh, so season two, we we're in the season two, and this year has been just like so long that I completely forgot that they had finished wrapping up season two before everything got shut down and stuff. So they were able to get it out, which which I'm thankful for. Uh, season two starts uh, today because that's when we were recording this today, <laughs> September fourth. <laughs> season two, we got three episodes. And first of all, I want to say that Billy Joel must be somewhere counting a lot of money because he, he his music is all over this series. 
So season two starts off pretty much where season two ended off. Season two, season one, season one ended off. And for those who don't remember, season one ends with a big explosion. Stillwell is killed by Homelander, but Butcher blows up her house. Then he's whisked away to this like unknown location where he finds that his wife, who he's been crying about the entire first season, is still alive. And she has a son. And that son is actually Homelander's son. And we pretty much start off everybody's out on the run and trying to figure everything out. So let's just go beat by beat. So what what were some of your favorite parts of episode one where we get to reconnect with the boys? I thought it was interesting how all of a sudden Billy Butcher, we, we see him in the parking lot. Like we we find out that at the end of se- season one, that he was dropped off there. His wife is still alive. He he wakes up. He sees his wife. Sees his wife has a son. Homelander's right there. Um, but then, like at the beginning of season two, he's just in a parking lot. And um, actually, he's MIA for the first part of like what was it? The first two, two, one and a half, two episodes. No, he shows up at the very end of the first episode. A little tidbit, a random thing. I think he's wearing the same. If anyone's a fan of the Good Place, I think he's wearing the same tracksuit that uh, Jason Mendoza wore in yeah. the Good Place at one point. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, where the hell did he get that tracksuit from? As far as like favorite points, like I really liked Stormfront. Like I thought she was a cool character, and then I started to fear Stormfront. Like, not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, Storm Stormfront, like I, I knew something was up. Again, I read the comics and stuff, get a little different things, kinda change a little bit. But like Stormfront is just she she's there and, and and the actress who plays her, whose name escapes me at this point, uh is Aya and I can't remember her last name. Great actress because if, if I, I put actors on a scale of if you can make me hate you and you, I know you're pretending you must be good at what you do because I can't yeah. believe that somebody would be that crap of a person unless something comes out that they're that crap of a person, you know? And <laughs> I, I say, I say that with like the most respect ever because the first person who speaks in episode one is one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, as Giancarlo Esposito. He plays uh, Gus in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He's been in a ton of movies. Uh, I actually grew up watching his movies all the way back to like school days, Do the Right Thing. And now he's in season two of The Mandalorian as well. Basically, if you need a season two villain, call up Giancarlo Esposito because he can fill it in because he has this just terrifying demeanor. And he's now the president of Vought. Vought is the company who basically creates all the superheroes because it's basically out now that superheroes aren't born, they're created. And that scene at the beginning with uh, Black Noir, like... Oh, man, that got me when he's just, like, broken down, crying, like, whoo! I don't know why. Probably yeah. just because he's so emotionless most of the time, and then right. he's down there vulnerable. He still hasn't spoken God. yet, either. Like, he no, hasn't said no, a he word. Hasn't. And that's also good acting as well. Like if you can emote and get your point across without saying a word, there are two actors in this show that do that. It's like black noir and the female. And that's actually her name in the, in the books and in the series, the female. So calm down. I'm not, you know, I didn't write this. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know. They did give her a name at some point though, but for, yes, they, did, yeah, they give her a name. Yes. They do give her a name. Kimiko. Uh, is the female's name. Get a, they get a bigger budget in this, which shows like the way that they film it with 
the boys are pretty much at their darkest hour right now. And almost all of their scenes are shot very dark. You know, and kind of like yeah. with the green tint. They're hiding out in a basement and stuff. Um, they really don't have anywhere to go because their faces are all over the news. They're all wanted for a murder that they did not commit, you know, uh, as opposed to the murders that they did commit, you know, so. Fair. But yeah, that scene with Black Noir was awesome. Speaking of the female, I really, really loved the scene where, um, with, with her and her brother. I loved that whole relationship. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, there was a bitter end to it, but still, like, I really lo- enjoyed their relationship. And when she was doing the sign language with him, I, for some reason, was like watching it. I was like, wow, this is kind of really cool. Like, I, I was like, maybe I can like learn some stuff when she was stacking her hands to talk of each other for spine. And then they talked about, oh, yeah, we made it up to communicate with each other. I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I won't take uh, any of this to heart. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. That's not that was not that was not American sign language. Yeah, I that was don't know any, something so. completely different. Yeah, I was I was watching that too, and I was like, wait a minute, because I, I know a little bit of American sign language. I'm like, wait, no, that's that's not it. And the scenes with the Frenchman, he they do not put subtitles in this. Like they maybe they 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 may have put some because because full disclosure, we watched this on screeners. Uh, so yeah. you know, studio sending some stuff we can watch them. So I don't know if Amazon proper is going to put subtitles on there. I, I, I have no idea yet. When I rewatch the series, I'll see. But luckily, I do speak French, so I was able to pick up the things that they were saying very, very fast. They were speaking in a Haitian dialect, but uh, I, I I picked it up. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. They're just saying you need to send him to the hospital. His arm is broken. Everybody did a great job because they gave everybody their time to shine for the most part, all the characters that we're basically focusing on. There are some new characters involved as well. They poke fun at Hawkeye <laughs> with uh, the character Eagle Eye. I think that's what his name was. Uh, the deepest station oh, in yeah, yeah. one of the worst places. One of the worst places you could be as a superhero. The Deep is in Sandusky, Ohio, where he is just at his lowest of lows. Because I think the first first few times we see the Deep, he's absolutely wasted. Like he gets kicked out of a shenanigans for being too <laughs> wasted, and he's at like he's at like a water park, like cursing at kids. <laughs> That's what Sandusky, Ohio, is known for. They actually have one of the world's largest water slides. Oh. I am not kidding. I'm. I'm from the Midwest, and that is their claim to fame. It's kind of funny, too. Um, I don't know if it's a pun. I mean, because anyone who has, like, problems or something, not anyone, but, like, a lot of people, it's kind of like a staple for when someone has troubles in in any type of show that they drown themselves drown themselves in their sorrows and drink. But, like, it's funny to think of the deep drowning, quote-unquote. Exactly. And then, like, uh, speaking of the deep, so the deep is, he's basically coming to terms with all of his inner demons he's a piece of shit kind of person let's just put it out like that he was the one who sexually abused starlight and probably countless other people as well based on the way that they're painting him out to be which i don't doubt at all he has an inner i'm I'm not going to give it too much away on this one because i want you guys to see it because it's a really good scene and a lot of people who have maybe you know somebody who gets on the internet to just antagonize people or you know somebody at your work who's just like you know very abusive towards other people and stuff he has a very 
very productive inner monologue with himself about why he is the the way that he is, you know. And I was, it's a funny scene, but it's a very serious scene, very well acted scene and stuff. And I wonder who did the voice. Oh, I know who did the voice, um, but I'm not, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can we say it? Should we say it? Go ahead and say it. Patton Oswalt. I thought that's what I thought. That's who I thought it was. And like they, they have a lot of celebrity cameos too in these first couple episodes too, because in this in this world and on this alternate Earth where heroes exist, they're pretty much that world celebrities. Like so, they got movie deals and they make profit shares and all that stuff. There's actually focus groups to find out what to call like villains. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Or like yeah, where they're talking about like the super villain, like the not super villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we? Should we call them super terrorists or should we call them super villains? And then I like, have an actual focus groups on what to market this stuff at. Everything in this world is marketable and it, it's, it's, it's kind of jacked up, but at the same time, it's exactly what it would be. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly what it like. I don't see the purpose of superheroes having security teams like anywhere that they're walking around. There's like security flanking them. I'm like, wait, they have powers. Why do they need security? That you know, because they're not looked at as you know somebody that protects anybody. They're looked at as profit shares, basically. You know, and you have to protect your product. Don't touch the merchandise. Exactly. Exactly. Um. One thing that I w- I do want to talk about is uh, Homelander and the performance given by Anthony Starr. Anthony Starr plays Homelander in this, and uh, I don't know if I don't know if you feel this way. Please tell me if you do. Is Homelander like the most terrifying person in the world, or what? Dude, his ability to portray just not literally giving a shit about anything is just remarkable. Yeah, like he looks totally disassociated from everything. It's like he—he's just like a very, very angry child who's never been told no, and if you ever told him no, there will be hell to pay. Oh, and they're going into that. I don't, I'm not going to give too much away because uh, uh, we're—we're not—we're not spoiling too much, right? We're just kind of giving vague stuff, or. No, no, we're not spoiling. No, we're not spoiling okay. too much here because I, I want people to watch. Yeah, it. they 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 go kind of into that where like he's kind of being told no, and he's trying to deal with it, but not really dealing with it. He's not really dealing with it in a productive way at all, and it's just gonna get much much worse. So the deep has been kicked out of the seven. So now there's six. And, well, now there's actually five. And they need to get, they need to replace Pete because um, the Deep is out. Translucent is dead. Translucent's out, yeah. Yeah, Translucent is dead. And A-Train is basically just like in a hospital bed in the first episode, first couple episodes. Um, So they need to replace people in the seven just to make it to seven. So they bring in Stormfront. Stormfront, they got they got another woman here on the team. They got three women on the team. This is the first time they ever had women on the team. And Stormfront is brought in, and Homelander doesn't like that at all. <laughs> like, at all. There, there's a whole reason why he doesn't like it, too. Yeah, he wasn't consulted. He's used to being in like in charge and having a say. And uh, the new, new head of Vought is just like, if you have a problem, then you might not just not have a job. Basically, exactly. And now I won't I won't get into what was said in that meeting because this gives you a huge clue of what's going on. However, 
Um, if you watched a previous uh, Amazon series called The Hunters uh, with Al Pacino, uh, uh, called The Hunters, and it's basically about uh, Operation Paperclip, where a bunch of Nazis were brought over to the United States and other countries and stuff for science reasons and stuff. Um, has a lot to do with that. And, and that conspiracy theory keeps popping up in my life for some reason. But, yeah, so she she comes on. Homelander's pissed because he wasn't consulted. He said he signed on on everybody else. Why wouldn't he be signed in, signed in on her? And, yeah, she she is, she started off, and, and just like you, I, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, okay, she's pretty cool. And then I was like, oh, this is going to be way different from the comics. Then, like, later on, I was like, oh, no. Right, oh, oh. Yeah, she seemed like so, like down to earth, no bullshit. Like I'm just gonna be who yeah. I am. Um, why do I have to change? I'm gonna get to the yeah, point. But then, like when she started like throwing people through buildings and like just right. all of a sudden, it was like, oh shit, she has a mentality almost worse than Homelander or on par with it. And exactly. I'm kind of scared now. Exactly. Here's how I think the name Stormfront itself. Kind of reminds me of one of the worst websites ever uh, called Stormfront.com. Please don't go there. <laughs> Just don't. Don't go there. And I know me telling you not to go there is going to make you go there. So I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't go there because it is a white supremacist website. Please don't go there. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Stop typing right now. But <laughs> So, yeah. That name. Yeah. When that name when that name comes up, I was just like, "Ugh, I got taken there," and I was like, "I hope it doesn't go there." But again, you know, I've read the books, so uh, it, it gets it gets kind of bad. It might get kind of bad. Put it like that. I'm not gonna say that it does or it doesn't, but it might. Yeah, like uh, with uh, did he have a name? The brother? Do we just refer to him as the brother? I think we just refer to him as the brother. Okay. Yeah, like with him, his his power was just like cool. Like he has basically he he's telekinetic. And yes. just powerful as hell. And almost every single comic or superhero franchise that I could think of, the telekinetic person is like the most powerful person of all. Like you, you know, Jean Grey when or when she was a Phoenix, right. Charles Xavier, like almost everyone who is telekinetic is just super overpowered. And I was thinking about it, like the only person that could confront him would have been Stormfront because he would disable everyone else. But when you're actively being fucking shot the hell out, like, you know, like there's nothing you can do. Right. The brother, basically that's uh, the female, uh, Kimiko's brother. So they're as children, they were pretty much kidnapped from like other countries and stuff. And basically shot up with compound V compound V is the MacGuffin that gives all the supers their powers. And they give it to babies in the form of polio shots from from because who still gets the polio vaccine, first of all? Like we got we got superheroes going around, but we haven't kicked polio yet uh in this world. But so they're they're basically creating their own enemies. So Vaught is basically not only do they create superheroes and market them and make billions of dollars on it, they're also war profiteers because they're sending this out to make super terrorists or super villains if you're talking to Homelander. And they're all like foreigners. They're all people from other countries who are put on terror lists and stuff. So that's 
one of the B plots of that's one of the B plots of this season. Like, what are we going to do about you know? Because at first it was just thought that superheroes were just an American thing, which I find absolutely weird. You know, like if superheroes are born, why would they only be born in one specific country? You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Like that, it doesn't make sense. Like if they're going to make it look like it's just a normal evolutionary thing, spread it out. <laughs> you know, so and then like with and then they do they do over relying on like telekinesis and telepathy as like the most powerful of powers that's it and that goes all the way back to like the 60s with the x-men because that was always one of those things that they would do they would just make it like oh okay well you can move stuff with your mind well obviously you're more powerful than the person with super strength and laser vision i'm like no that's not how that works like <laughs> But even going into Star Wars, like, you know, it's the Force. It's technically different, but essentially it's the same thing. Like, they're all super-powered telekinetic users, essentially. Like, you know, don't fight me on it. It's essentially the same. Come on. (laughs) Right. It's just moving things with your mind. It's like, okay, great. We all want to do that because we've all wanted to, like, get a remote control from across the room to just magically float across the room to us without getting up. But it's it. There are way more powerful powers than that. There are more powerful powers than that in the Umbrella Academy, which I've been bringing up in almost every episode of this podcast since I took over, and I think I'm going to keep that train going. Well, you already did, so you're good right there. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm keeping that train going to to till somebody complains directly to me. You can reach me at your favorite skinny man on, on Instagram. But anyway. Uh, uh, let's talk about some of the new heroes, this, some of the new people with powers that they kind of bring into it. Uh, there's a blind superhero uh, called Blind Spot that they brought in. Oh, man. And please don't get used to Blind Spot. Don't get excited about any of these people that I'm bringing up, by the way. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but just don't get excited, too excited about Blind Spot is a blind superhero, he has super hearing. Uh, he can't see. He has super duper accuracy with swords and stuff, and that's pretty much all we know about him. And he is somebody who is a candidate for joining the seven. And when I say don't get used to him, I don't think he makes the team. He was a candidate. We could just leave it right there. He was a candidate. He was a candidate. Yeah, he he was a very strong running candidate. He showed up. He did his thing. He did it very well. And um. He yeah, did. let's move on to the next thing. Hit their people will call his people. Um, <laughs> Gecko. Gecko has some cool powers, though. Ge- so, if oh, those of you guys ooh. who. It's a cool power and concept and execution. It's kind of gross. He's Wolverine, essentially. Kinda, yeah, basically. He, yeah, his healing is basically if someone uh, chopped off his arm, it would grow back. And then uh, he, he makes extra money by having people chop off his limbs or whatever. And then he can he'll bring out the secret menu after that. And I'll leave it at that. Because it's the boys. There's always something worse. Yes. Always something worse. And sometimes it gets just like, why is that even here? And you know, I wonder what the audition process was for that. Like straight up. Like when you say, all right, you got the part, here's the script. What really? I gotta say this? I wonder how he found out. Like, did he test, like, will this grow back? Will this grow back? Do these grow back? Right. <laughs> like, why would you chance that? Yo, right. Yeah, it's like, that's that's one of the things that I always, like, have 
like an inner conflict about when it comes to like superpowers. Like if I just woke up tomorrow with superpowers, would I like the power that I had? And how would I figure out that I actually had superpowers? You know what I mean? Like there's this one superhero called Bouncing Boy. And he's from the Legion of Superheroes. It's a DC comic, very obscure DC comic, where everybody's superpower was basically in the name. There's like Matter Eating Lad, Star Girl, um, you know, shit like that. Bouncing Boy, basically, if he falls down, he bounces back up. And the higher the fall, the more the bounce. How do you figure that out? Yeah, and what's your limit? Like, is there a limit? Yeah, exactly. They, everything has a limit. Everything because these are physical abilities, so you can tire yourself out and stuff. Like, I want to one day wake up one day and find out that my house is on fire because I can control fire, and I didn't know that I could control fire one night, and now I just set everything on fire because I just you know had an emotion while I was asleep. You know what I mean? No one thinks about that. Okay, one, one thing I really liked, and this is going back into something else uh, from a while ago, was I loved the tapes of Claire Bennett when she found out that she had abilities of her, like, finding out exactly, like, I'm going to do this, will I heal? I'm going to do this, will I heal? My name is Claire Bennett, and this is test number 32. Like, just jumping off shit, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, I, I loved that. And, like, Starlight's power. Starlight's powers are actually pretty good. Because they're, they're contingent on a lot of different things. Like, her power... I don't know how she can be a superhero at night, for the most part. Like, unless there's, like, an incandescent bulb around her or whatever. But she plays a, a, a really good part in, like, the stealth part. The stealth storyline of this, you know? Because season one ended where everybody knows that she had helped out the boys. Um... A-Train had a heart attack, and now he's, like, on life support and stuff, or he's in, he's basically, I don't, I don't know if he's in a, a, a life support, or he's just basically just being kept on ice till they need him again. She knows what's going on with the boys, and she has a little bit more information than everybody else about where they're hiding and what they're planning on doing, and she's just yeah. nervous as hell, you know? Like, her public face is just... Oh, okay, yeah, you know, I'm in public and everything's good and stuff. But professionally, she's just like, uh, you know, Homelander might blow a head off or something like that. Uh, A-Train can wake up at any minute, which is why if you if someone's in a coma and they know that you've done some dirt, you really <laughs> do want to just sit around and make sure you the first person that they see when they wake up, you know? Damage control, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen way too many gangster movies to know that. Huey, let's talk about Huey. So he, Huey's just going around. He's just, uh, he, he's scared of everything. He's been through so much. You'd think by now he'd be like kind of hardened to all of this. But I guess since this is just so close to continuing from last season, that like he still hasn't gotten to a point where he can be confident out in the field, you know? Yeah, and he goes through like some interesting stuff too. Like, there's a, I'm not gonna go into it specifically, but there's like a scene where he just like almost like gives up and like, oh, it's it's just such yeah such a a good scene between him and MM, but it's also just such an awkward scene because I'm just thinking about what's going on in that scene, and I'm just so uncomfortable at the same time. <laughs> it's just like. 
And M.M., Mother's Milk, he's really, like, he's one of the standout actors in the show. Yeah, Laz Alonso. Yeah, yeah. He he is the mo- he's the emotional. Him and the Frenchman are like the emotional backbone of the show because they they have things to fight for. They want to do what's right, but at the same time, you know, we got to do this shit the right way. You know what I mean? Because he's got a family that he's trying to protect, uh, so he knows that he can't just go out and do what he wants to do. But at the same time, he'll do whatever he can to protect those around him. He had some some funny ass scenes in the beginning because he's trying to protect Huey at the the way the best way that he can, you know, rough and tough. But he's like, "Oh, I'm going to get some hand sanitizer." He's like, "Well, get the shit with the aloe in it because it's better for my skin." The cast itself, you can tell that they had a lot of fun, a lot of fun with this. But the scenes again, I I keep going back to this, but the scenes with Homelander, he's just super terrifying. Especially when he goes to visit his son. Oh, there were two parts with Homelander in the first three episodes where I, I kind of literally just cringed up. One, because I'm a father, and he's dealing with like, oh, you know, you're my son. You've got powers. You know, you're going to have powers. You're my right. son. Gets to a point where he tests it. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, that scene got me, you know, like I said, cause I, I'm, I'm a father. I'm lying. And I'm just like, no, you don't do that. Uh, and the other one was when I was talking about the cringe with like, um, I forgot her name again. You, you said it. Gosh, what was her name? Uh, the head, the previous head, uh, Madeline, uh still Madeline Stillwell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he was like the whole mother's thing and like the whole milk stuff. And I thought it was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm, oh, I'm, oh over, my God, I'm over yeah. the cringe. I think I can handle it. And then this season came up and just there's an interact. I couldn't handle it. Yeah, there's just it. I knew it was coming. But then the way that it happened made it even worse. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll kind of give a little hint to what happened. So think about the creepiest way somebody could drink something and then. Forget about that because you're going to see the creepiest way that somebody drinks something that you've ever seen in your it was life. Almost like he was trying to make it sensual. Oh, yeah, and that's what that's what I'm seeing. It's like Anthony Starr is such a good actor. Like <laughs> he can really just make a scene. Just like you, you just really question what is happening. You know. Now, I wonder if that was the direction he got from the director, or if they're like, just creep us out. And he went in there and just like, <laughs> and he was like, okay, I got you. And then you can tell he knows what he's doing is creepy because someone walks in on him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, it's like, and that was one of those scenes. Where I was just like, what is, what am I watching? I had to remind myself that, oh, okay, this is what years ago you picked up a comic book that said hero gasm on it. So this is what you're getting, dude. So, but yeah, it was, and he, I'm telling you, Anthony Starr needs to be, I want to see him in so much more stuff. Like, we have so many people in this series that were in episodes of Xena Warrior Princess that I'm just like, yo, I need, I need to see more people and more stuff so I can enjoy this a lot more. Dude, because it's been probably decades since I've seen anything Xena. Which ones were in Xena? Because I don't, I honestly don't remember. Both, both, both lead characters: uh, Anthony Starr, Homelander, mm-hmm. Brian Butcher. Um, 
Carl, Carl Urban. Urban? Yeah. Both of them both of them were in uh Xena and Hercules. What? Which which who were they? Yeah. Now I'm freaking out because I don't remember. They both play minor parts. Okay, I was like, neither of them were, were like Eolus or anything, and I don't think either of them were... One of them wasn't Ares, was it? No, no, they weren't Ares, but, uh... And both of them are from New Zealand. Oh, that's interesting. You know, Carl Urban and Anthony Starr are both from New Zealand. Let's see. Carl Urban in Xena, he was Julius Caesar for eight episodes. He was also Cupid for two episodes. Oh my gosh, that doesn't even look like him. Oh, do yourself a favor and look this up if you've never even seen this, because, oh my god. Please look it up. It is the greatest. He played three different characters on Xena. No wonder I had no idea that was him. <laughs> I'm looking at, as, at him as Cupid right now. But, like, okay. And Anthony Starr, he was in, I think, just two episodes of Xena. Maybe just, well, he was in two episodes of Xena. He played two different characters. He played Mesas and David. So look up Anthony Starr, two R's in the in in Xena. Okay, I'm looking up Hercules. Let me check out Xena. Anthony Starr. Oh yeah, I wouldn't recognize him there either. Okay, no wonder I didn't notice. Yeah, because he had to dye his hair blonde to play Homelander too. He's he's a naturally a brunette. Yeah, and plus he's super young here, uh, long hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I don't feel so bad for forgetting that they're in these shows though. And oh, yeah, don't feel bad at all because like. Oh, me doing research for this episode led me to find all that out. I was like, wait, what? Well, I remember watching freaking like uh, Hercules what was it, on Channel 13 or something when it was like the uh-huh. the the made for TV movies and then being mad when the series came out and they just all of a sudden killed his family like right away. I'm like, what the yeah. hell are you doing? <laughs> I watched um, Young Hercules also because Young Hercules was syndicated on weekdays and I didn't know till way later that that was Ryan Gosling. Really? Yeah, Ryan Gosling played young Hercules. <laughs> Man, we're learning a lot today. Yeah, it's like we celebrate all things geek here. But yeah, The Boys is a it's a fantastic show, you guys. Like season 1, season 1 led off with a real big cliffhanger which they pick up with nicely in this. They explore like the son relationship which it showed a lot of different things that kind of parallel actual parenthood and stuff. Some things that I don't like. Like, first of all, please do not just push your kid in a swimming pool and expect him to just swim to the top and think you're doing good parenting by teaching him how to swim. Don't do that. That is one of the most frightening things that you can do to a child. Um, I'm not saying that that happens in this show, but you'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. <laughs> Oh man, oh. that scene was I was just like, please don't, please don't. And then he does. Um Yeah. <laughs> and, and be kind to your women co-workers too. You know, you gonna have women in the workplace. It's fine. No no one no one should be worried about that. Just be a decent human being to everyone. Yeah. At every point in time. Just just be good. Be nice. If anything, this show is about being a good person. It's about choosing to be a good person, which you should do, you know, because you can see so many shitty people in this show that everybody in this show has a flaw. Everybody is a flawed character. However, some people redeem themselves more than others. Some people are irredeemable. I'll tell you that right now. So 
don't think that everything's going to wrap up nicely and stuff. Not everybody's redeemable. And also, did you notice that frescas are everywhere? They had some placement in there. And I didn't know if it was a weird, if it was a weird, like, because it was in specific points, if it was a weird cult thing with yeah. uh, that organization. There is a cult, or, there is a cult or everybody. <laughs> or if it was, like, advertisement that they were paid to do and they just, like, stuck it in there i had to look up if fresca still existed because they kept bringing it up i was like wait because i haven't seen a fresca in a while and and of course yeah. they they still exist so i'm like oh okay oh one thing i do want to bring up about like the this season in in general um because you had mentioned like it's out there they know that you know bought they they know that they made superheroes that's all planned that they potentially were manufacturing the other side so forth like that basically dark industries iron man one that type of thing right one thing and the, even just in the first three episodes not knowing the rest of it is that i i didn't know where they would go with it like oh well that's it like i don't know how this show is going to last or continue and they they did a really good job of of finding a way to perpetuate the storyline and keep it going. And that's with me not knowing the comics either, because I don't know which direction the comics went with any of the stuff too. Yeah. But you would think like that was the main goal. Oh, Vought went down. Cool. Like, you know, yay, we won. But it's not necessarily that simple. Not at all. It's not that simple at all, because think about evil companies in real life. It's not that simple to just take them down. It's it's really not. We all still order from Amazon, so let, let's just let's just you know call it what it is. You know what I mean? We all still order from Amazon. We all got Disney Plus accounts for the most part, and you know corporations really aren't going too many different places. And this is a corporation for real in this show. They they spill it out in the first episode what their mission is. Pretty much. And they go into a lot of it, too. Like, we're down 57 points. Yeah. We lost trade over here. Uh, what are we going to do? And they really focus on that business business a- aspect of it for for a bit. Or give mm-hmm. you that behind-the-scenes taste in the boardroom of what's going on when yeah. everything starts to collapse. Right, because like, you think about it, it's like, oh, this place with superheroes in. You know what you don't see a lot of? Superheroes actually doing superhero stuff. Like, they're promoting they're promoting movies. They're holding like exhibition races and stuff. They doing commercials, endorsement deals and stuff. Like if we had literally what would happen if we had superheroes that existed today, you go and you'd see them on Dorito bags and, and like sports drinks and stuff like that. It, it paints a very realistic picture. And a lot of times that this show will remind you reality ain't that fun. It really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> And Homelander is frightening. I'm sorry, I gotta say it again. Homelander is absolutely terrifying. Oh man! So yeah. So uh, so I, I, I've done this in a couple different episodes. Uh, we're gonna land this plane real quick. So say you were in the boys' universe, okay? Okay. Let, let's take this a different step because normally I would say, what kind of superpowers would you like to have? What side would you be on? Would you be on the corporate vault side? Would you be on the boys' side? Also, I'll give you a bonus. You do have superpowers. So what superpowers would you have? Go. Uh, I would probably end up being on the boy side. Would I be on the boy side with powers? Or are you just asking them separately? Yes, you could be on the boy side with, with powers. With powers. Okay. I would be on the boy side. And I I figured this out a long time ago. Because uh, we're going back to heroes. 
like I loved Peter Petrilli and I wanted his empathic mimicry uh, because I thought it was really cool that, you know, he could do almost anything, but um, was it empathic mimicry or was it not? I forget what it was, but I'm very observant and analytical and I really had to come to terms with, I forget what Siler's ability was, but it would probably be, be along the lines of mimicking someone by observing and figuring out how to tap into it rather than just it being acquired to you. Like hopefully without like the chopping people's heads off to look at their brains and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I feel like it would, would be along the lines of copying other people's abilities by understand by knowledge and understanding. How about yourself? I too would also be on the boys' side because just ethically, I could not just. I mean, the 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 attraction of millions and millions of dollars would be great. However, the corruption of that company is just way too much for me. My powers itself would be in, in this world just to protect myself. I would just have to be super durable. Like I would have to have like like my skin would be like steel like not not made of steel but as durable as if that makes sense kind of like luke cage just bulletproof and nobody can like really hurt me for the most part translucent without being invisible exactly and because again homelander exists in this universe and i'm extreme i'm afraid of homelander i'll, I'll go ahead and say it like, he, he's he's fucking frightening so we'll, we'll just go with that so i just need to be <laughs> extremely just impervious to any kind of pain there we go impervious to pain hmm. yes so for the first three episodes of the boys what kind what out of 10 what score do you give it ah uh, let's see i'd say i don't want to judge everything based on first three episodes but i'd say in an eight to nine and i only say that only because the story is incomplete for me so i'd like to see how it unfolds i'm 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 gonna agree with you on that one. i'm gonna go with like an eight right now because we're still at the beginning so we don't see how the story unfolds we haven't gotten to know all the new characters or even if the new characters is going to stick around for too long i like the direction that it's going i'm going to stick around and watch it till till the very end and hopefully we get a season three out of it and you know it, it, i, I just want to see how they tie up because i, I want to say that the first these first two seasons are just one story in two parts right now Oh, just for the record, Stormfront is the one that scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Storm, Stormfront annoys me more than scares me because, like, the thing about like Stormfront is she would probably just be just herself, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, I I know how to deal with you." What terrifies me about Homelander is that he'll just suck you in, being nice as hell. And then out of nowhere, just kill you. I feel like you know? I feel that way about Stormfront. Like Stormfront's like that, that because it's always a tiny dog, the, the tiny little, little uh, tiny dog yep, where yeah. you're sitting there, you pet them and they're fine. Then all of a sudden it's like the girl and they start biting you out of nowhere. That's, that's how I feel like she is. Like all of a sudden you think you're comfortable, you think you're cool. And then it's just like, holy shit. Right, but it's like you can say one wrong thing, and then you know you might be on Homelander's good side. See, now we're both arguing about who we're scared of most, which <laughs> which is funny. Both of us know how Blind Spot's audition went. Yeah, and and that's that's what you know 
that's what kind of frightens me. It's like, oh, you you super nice. He seems so cool. And then, you know, things go south. What frightens me about Stormfront is I actually think that if given the opportunity, she could take out Homelander because just the same thing. Like if someone's being shocked, you, you don't really have any any type of muscular control or anything when you're right. essentially being tased. And that's one ability, in uh-huh. my opinion, that would would I can't think of the word, but basically incapacitate or stop Homelander um, if yeah. he didn't strike first. I do like that her lightning is purple because purple is my favorite color. <laughs> I do enjoy that. I will say that. But uh, yeah, that's, so that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Temple of Geek. Uh, I want to thank everybody who tuned in today, especially our guest, Nasty Nate, uh, for being here <laughs> with us today. I'm sorry I called you Nasty Nate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just funny to me. Like, every time it I, wouldn't I, be the first is one time. of my favorite movies. It, you know, Nasty Nate, Nate Dog, all those things. Like they just, yeah, I'm used to uh, it now. <laughs> Half-Baked is one of my favorite movies, and I had to, man. just want to thank you for being with us today. Uh, if you got any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, by using the handle Temple of Geek. Uh, if you want to check out some of our other episodes and shows, head on over to templeofgeek.com, where you can find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Nate, where can everybody find you? Um, in my home, usually. It's uh, quarantine. Oh, you mean online. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where can we? Uh, you just look me up. Nate's I'll... address will be in the show notes, everybody. <laughs> but please uh, text before you visit. If you call, I will not answer. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds exactly like me. I will not pick up my phone for anybody. <laughs> like, did they leave a voicemail? No, they didn't. Oh, that's right, because my voicemail uh-huh. is full. I because I'll check my phone. voicemail. I will watch you call me. <laughs> I will watch my phone as it rings until it stops so I can go back to playing my words with friends. Be like, okay, let me Google that number. Okay, well, it wasn't in my address book. I don't know yep. it, so yeah, I'm going yeah, to ignore yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> you do a phone number trace? <laughs> um, but yeah, Doc in the Box on uh, Instagram, Twitter, which I always forget that I have. Mainly it's Instagram. Yeah, just just go with Instagram. Yeah. That's All right, it. cool. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, And we'll talk soon. Let's talk again at the end of the season so we can wrap everything up. All right, let's do it. Sounds good. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.